Welcome to Raising the New Earth. I'm Brooke. And I'm Noah. We are both mothers and holistic nutritionists, health coaches here to share our experiences and engage in new perspectives in health, food, nature, consciousness, and spirituality, all through the greater lands of motherhood. This podcast is here to call us to higher levels of consciousness and tap into a greater potential for ourselves, our children, and humanity as a whole. We explore the role we can individually and collectively play to birth, nourish, and co-create a more beautiful world. Hey, Brooke. Hi, Noah. Hi, everyone. Uh, And good morning or good evening to our listeners of Raising the New Earth podcast. Today, we want to talk about how to craft balanced meals. And we realize that there's so much information out there, so many dietary labels, and one really is at loss when it comes to where to start, how to eat well, and more than that, how to feed our family. So we just wanted to create a quick episode about how eating healthy does not need to be complicated. Um, There is something that I always refer back to. I always refer back to a study that was done a long time ago um, on centenarians. Centenarians are those people who live to 100 and beyond. Um, And because the general life expectancy is way below 100 years, that that research um, caught the eyes of a National Geographic researcher, researcher named uh, Dan Buettner, that continued his uh, his research. And so uh, there is a beautiful documentary just came out. It's called The Blue Zones. And there's also a cookbook with people from those blue zones sharing their recipes. So he went ahead and he interviewed all of them and he asked them, what's your, um, what's your secret to living hundred and beyond? And he realized that the secret was not just food, but also a sense of community. Uh, many of them had faith. Uh, they were active all day long without needing to go to the gym. They were attending to their gardens or, um, you know, swimming. And in Okinawa, the longest living uh, women practice something that's called Harabachibu, which means stop at 80% full. And this prayer is said before beginning uh, a meal. So this is like a reminder for them to keep 80% full and leave 20% for whatever activity they need to do um, after. So Brooke, what are your thoughts about eating healthy in your family? Well, I love that you brought up the, the blue zones because I think that the important thing when it comes to crafting meals to remember about all these different zones across the world is that they actually have a very different diet. Like someone in Japan is going to have in many ways a different diet than someone that in another, in, you know, the blue zone in California. However, I think the thing that, and that is what, you know, I think needs to be emphasized the most in any sort of healthy diet is that the the commonality between all of these different zones is that they're eating fresh food, a lot of vegetables, um, you know, locally grown where it's not, and it's, you know, not processed or very minimally processed. And I think that in many ways, you know, when we look at our diets here in the U S and even, you know, just in the modern Western world in general, that oftentimes where the confusion begins to set in and where we kind of get in all these debates is what's healthiest is that we've kind of just gotten so far removed from 
the idea of things being fresh and local and seasonal that we don't really even understand really what that is and what that means. So when it comes to me, I don't necessarily, well, I don't, I don't really subscribe to any certain diet way of eating. You know, when you look at, you know, people's diets, there's often a lot of like argument within, you know, are you paleo? Are you vegetarian? Are you, do you do the whole 30 diet? Like all these different Mm -hmm. things. But I think, you know, you can boil all of that down to what's important to me is the quality. And I've heard the term qualitarian. So if I was going to put an Aryan on myself, on a, <laughs> a, a label, if you will, I would say that a qualitarian, you know, which in, essentially is trying to get the best quality food that I can find at the moment. And within that as well, recognizing that it's not going to be the quote unquote perfect food 100% of the time, but that as long as most of the time, if I'm, you know, buying foods that are mainly vegetables and minimally processed and um, eating as high quality meats and, you know, drinking enough high quality water that the rest of the time, I don't need to really stress as much um, in, in what I am eating. So that's, pretty much what I subscribe to. And that's how I, you know, want to approach with my family and, you know, especially my little girl and teaching her, you know, what exactly healthy eating is and is not. That's really important. And giving, giving that hands-on education to the next generation is essential because we already see that those that were um, brought up in a low income uh, drive through McDonald's families are continuing that tradition of, you know, huge soda cans and cheap meals that is not cheap at all in the long run because it does cost them their health. The obesity rate among children is the highest that we've ever seen. And that kind of started in the 70s where the processed foods came into the picture. Um, something that I really like for people that are trying to explore what healthy plate looks like is Michelle's Obama model that's called my plate. So in 2011, the first lady, Michelle Obama, she raised her daughters in the white house and she even had like a beautiful garden, vegetable garden outside of the white house. And she noticed that kids uh, don't know how to eat healthy and having two girls, she wanted to bring something that can replace the old um, pyramid idea food pyramid idea. So she created along with the USDA, she created, she scrapped that food pyramid and she created my plate and my plate, although it's not a magic bullet is a really good place for people to visually see. So you can Google my plate, visually see what's on the plate. And it just, it features five food groups that are fruits, vegetables, grains, and protein. Um, and I, I like sharing this, especially amongst, um, young adolescents that are battling with any eating disorders or just lack of education, lack of nutrition education, what should I eat? Should I have another shake? Should I have more of this? Can I have this? So the 80-20 rule applies here, unless again, you have a chronic illness or a really specific health challenge. 80% of the time eat cooked meals, preferably homemade meals, and 20% of the time allow yourself to enjoy I don't believe in the word cheat. People say cheat days. I don't believe in cheat. It's like treat days. You know, have that if your body can tolerate it. So my plate in 80-20 would be 
add-on points to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, yeah, just to what I kind of would consider just a little bit further breakdown of like, you know, kind of how to construct a meal. You know, I, I think that having, I mean, it's, you can bring it down to as simple as like a protein, which would be, you know, if you eat meat, like, again, highest quality meat that you can find, afford, it doesn't necessarily have to be animal meat, but there's so much protein in, um, you know, beans and, um, and different grains. So, you know, if you, you kind of think of that either, a, a you know, some sort of bean, I like to eat chickpeas a lot when we're doing more of a vegetarian meal or a meat. And then, you know, when you're talking about the grains, like a, a rice or, you know, I, I think this is where, and I think this is where the limitations of my plate, you know, it kind of doesn't necessarily distinguish between like eating some like brown rice or something with a lot of nutrients versus like a piece of white bread that is probably, you know, processed off the shelf. So there's a huge difference in that. So it's just, again, recognizing where you can get the quality foods and the more that you're just preparing simple foods um, that aren't already loaded with flavors, you know, using different spices, experimenting with that can go a long way. Um, and then with vegetables, you know, it's, it's so easy to just simply roast a, a vegetable with some olive oil and sea salt or coconut oil and sea salt. Um, and you can add different flavors if you want through spices. So, and then also, you know, just preparing your own salads and either making your own salad dressings, or um, I know you've mentioned you like like the Trader Joe's salad dressing. So it's again, looking at what's minimally processed um, and, uh, and going that route. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And in general, think, just eating, eating less, uh, eating less out of the house. Cause it's been, it's been shown that if you eat home cooked meals, I mean, a, you know, what's in it. Uh, mm -hmm. So you don't have, you know, if you have, if you're battling with any cholesterol or diabetic, whatever that is, diabetes, then you know that you are, you're good because you know what you put into your own meals. But also in general, making sure that you, you eat the rainbow. So if you've experimented with a certain salad for two, three days, just go to the supermarket and experiment with other types of vegetables. See, you know, see how you can see how you can learn and taste as many vegetables and fruits as possible, whether organic or non-organic, just first make the shift, make that step, bring in as more, you know, as many um, mother nature's um, fruits and vegetables and grains as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And with that note too, I think it's important to recognize that your shift, your taste buds can begin to shift by eating, you know, more of the minimally processed things. So, um, yeah. True. So, yeah. So you were saying. Yeah. So I, yeah, well, with the eating out, um, I think that the, yeah, it's it, what you had said about being able to control, you know, what is in there and remembering that when you're eating out, oftentimes things are cooked in really unhealthy oils and you don't know what sort of additives are in there. So when you're constructing simple meals um, at home, then you get to control what goes in that the meal. And 
I mean, and just kind of, I also like to think of there's so many, so much low hanging fruit. Like for instance, some of the spice mixes, if you look on the back, they will have like added ingredients. So it's like the more simple you can get with ingredients, like a simple spice and mixing your own. And it sounds, I mean, to me, that's so important because there's just all of these little micro places where we don't even think so. And I think that's where sometimes people get confused on just, you know, where additives are hiding. And, um, and again, though, I think that it's kind of like meet yourself where you're at. That's the other important thing that I like to say that if you eat out a lot, or when you are at home, you tend to, you know, reach for a lot of the more snacky type stuff or things that are processed or in a box that you can make, just try to see where you can like kind of bring it back to the basics and where can you, you know, just bring it back to a simple protein, a simple carb, um, simple as in, you know, something that's whole, whole grain, and then adding in a vegetable and or fruit. So yeah, and and yeah. and out of sight, out of mind. So if you feel you're going to reach out to something that's not that beneficial to you, then don't buy it. Make it your occasional food, make it, you know, a uh, a small package of something that you can't resist, that is okay, go for it. But having that in the home, and then you're expecting your children, one is expecting the children to eat healthy, we got to be that model, that models healthy habits. So for our kids, it's going to be the once in a while foods, we call them like once in a while foods, that is whatever they seek to eat at school, which is something we're going to talk about next episode next week about school lunches and what to do about it but they know that you know they might they mitochondria and their body can handle it because we really try to eat super healthy at home and and one sheet pans are amazing for that just throw all the vegetables that you can think about throw you know you can do carrots and cauliflower and broccoli and yams and potatoes a little bit of olive oil a little bit of you know coconut whatever you choose avocado whatever you want a little bit seasoning even just salt this is your pan and can last you two three days and pair it with some pasta we like chickpea pasta so do that or do some beans so easy yeah yep yeah you did things it it it, we tend to overcomplicate things so Let's say if you feel like you are, then where can you kind of dial back and make things a little bit more simple? Yeah. And I love that term of like, these are our once in a while foods. Um, yeah. Where it, because I think, again, if you create an environment of like restriction, whether it is for yourself or your children, then we oftentimes psychologically crave it more or want it more because we can't, you know, we think that we can't have it. And so um, it's amazing what the psychology can do. If you allow yourself a little bit of leeway, then, um, you can oftentimes, you know, feel that you can still have some treats once in a while or something that you really like, but may not be the healthiest. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. You said, okay. So I think that covers it. We wanted to do a short episode. Um, anything to add Brooke before we, Oh, no, no, I think that, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Keep, keep it simple, emphasize quality. All right. So we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Have a wonderful day, wonderful week, and we will talk with you soon. Settle down your chop Let the morning breeze caress your desire. Every night in my dreams I hope for 
future life invites our worlds to collide.